Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you for this worship time on this Shabbat. And may your word go forth. May I be smaller and you be greater. In Yeshua's name, amen. How do we pray? How do we pray? Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'alam. We hear that quite a bit during our prayers during liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, because he is, he is king. So I wanted to talk about how we pray this morning. Growing up as a conservative Jew, I knew about liturgical prayers that would be said in the synagogue at a service or when I was in the Navy on board ship. I usually handled the Shabbat Friday night services while I was in the service. But back then, they were just required words. I really didn't understand what some of the purpose was or feel anything, but I would just say them. It was tradition, just something that I had to do, something that had to do with my identity. Over the years, I lost touch with prayers until I came here to Tikvot, which is, I I do believe it was God-driven to lead us here in the first place. When I heard the liturgical and musical worship for the first time, it filled me with what I would come to understand as the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh. And it gave me a new appreciation for what prayer was all about, coming closer to Hashem. It wasn't long till I discovered there was more to prayer than just reading the traditional words on a page. It's about speaking to God, but I didn't know how. I didn't know how to pray. Bonnie and I attended some home groups with some folks we met here. They would always start and end with a prayer. They took some getting used to, to me, because I've never experienced that before. There were times we would sit in the sanctuary here and I would have my eyes closed and I would be asking God to hear my prayer. And I heard someone else pray out loud. I was like, wait a minute. This is different. What's going on here? I thought you were supposed to pray to yourself. This is downright weird. And it was making me very uncomfortable. Not used to it. So I thought that prayer was supposed to be personal. 
But I would give this type of prayer a chance. And over time, as I heard this one over there pray, and then another person over here, and then another, and then another, it finally hit me. I really started to hear something. Out of the mouth of others, I was hearing some of the things that I was praying for myself. Just maybe there is something to this praying thing. It was confirmation that although we can be alone in prayer, we really aren't. I mean, part of our personal walk with the Lord is our prayer life. But we have prayer warriors all around us to help us. And I thought, I could get used to this. As the months went by, I started to pray more and more till it became a daily occurrence. I would pray thankfulness for who the Lord is and everything he does. Then I would pray for those in my life that were in need of healing or blessings. Then I would pray for myself in that order. So as time went on, I participated in what we call here a tikvot popcorn prayer, right? I became more comfortable to verbalize my prayer. Then one day during a Days of Awe service, we were praying, this was the time between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, that's coming up. We were in the small sanctuary and some flow of words came out of my mouth that I'd never heard before. They were from my heart, not from my head, from my heart. They came around into my ears and in my brain where I comprehended what I was praying and they returned right back to my heart and around and around they went. I can't really explain it, but I was so moved and believed that God was hearing me. I don't know if you've ever experienced something like that before, but it's a very moving experience. I read that there is five components for successful prayer. You have to approach prayer with a humble heart. This is from 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. You have to approach prayer with wholeheartedness. As it says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You have to approach prayer with faith. As it says in Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You have to approach prayer with righteousness. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That is from James chapter 5, verse 16. And lastly, you must be obedient in your prayer. And we will receive whatever we request because we obey him and do the things that please him. That's from 1 John 3.22. I was doing some research about people that dedicated their life to God in prayer, and I found this gentleman to be very interesting. His name was George Mueller, and these are some notes that I got from the internet. George Mueller was a Christian evangelist and the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England during the 19th century. He was one of the founders of the Plymouth Brethren Movement. Later during the split, his group was called the Open Brethren. His early work in 1829, Mueller offered to work with Jews in England through the London Society for Promoting Christianity amongst the Jewish people. I was particularly interested in his work with orphans. The work of Mueller and his wife with the orphans began in 1836 with the preparation of their own rented home at 6 Wilson Street in Bristol for the accommodation of 30 girls. Soon after, three more houses in Wilson Street were furnished, not only for girls, but also for boys and younger children eventually increasing the capacity for children who could be cared for to 130. As of 1845, as growth continued, the neighbors complained about the noise and disruption to the public utilities. So Mueller decided that a separate building designed to house 300 children was necessary. And in 1849, at Ashley Down, Bristol, the new home opened. The architect commissioned to draw up the plans, asked if he might do so gratuitously. By 26 May 1870, there was 1,722 children were being accommodated in five homes. Gives me chills, the work of this man. Although there was room for 2,050, number one house had 300, number two, 400, number three and four and five, 458 each. By the following year, there were 280 orphans in house number one, 356 in house two, 450 in houses three and four, and 309 in house five. Through all of this, Mueller never made requests for financial support, nor did he ever go into debt. Even though the five homes cost more than 100,000 pounds to build, many times he received unsolicited food donations only hours before they were needed to feed the children. Further strengthening his face and faith in God. Mueller was in constant prayer, constant prayer that God touched the hearts of donors 
to make provisions for the orphans. For example, there's one well-documented occasion. Thanks was being given for breakfast when all the children were sitting at the table, even though there was nothing to eat in the house. And a knock came to the door, and there was the baker with freshly baked bread to feed all the hungry mouths of the children. But what were they to drink? Well, it just so happened the milk cart broke down right in front of the door. And he gave all the milk to the orphanage to fill those hungry mouths. It's just amazing, amazing. In his autobiographical entry from February 12th, 1842, he wrote this. Quote, a brother in the Lord came to me this morning and after a few minutes of conversation gave me 2,000 pounds for furnishing the new orphan house. Now I am able to meet all of the expenses in all probabilities. I will even have several hundred pounds more than I need. The Lord not only gives as much as is absolutely necessary for his work, but he gives abundantly. This blessing filled me with inexplicable delight. He had given me the full answer to my thousands of prayers during the past 1195 days. He kept count. He cared for 10,024 orphans during his lifetime, provided educational opportunities for the orphans to the point that they were even, he was even accused by some of raising the poor above their natural standard in British life. He established 117 schools which offered Christian education to more than 120,000. Mueller never sought donations from specific individuals and relied on God Almighty for all his needs. It goes on to say that everything he received from the people, he gave them a receipt that said, owing to the great increase of my work. This is incredible. He ran his life by prayer. He always received just what he needed to do the work of the Lord from his prayers. God hears and God provides. I really thought it was appropriate to talk about prayer this morning because next week we are entering into the month of Elul, August 17th. This is the time we should get closer to God. The month of Elul is a time of repentance and preparation for the high holy days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Tradition teaches that the month of Elul is a particularly propitious time for repentance. This mood of repentance builds through the month of Elul to the period of Selechot, 
to Rosh Hashanah, and to finally to Yom Kippur. The name of the month, Elul, is spelled Aleph Lamed Vav Lamed. It's said to be an acronym of Ani Ledodi Vedodi Li. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Quote of the Song of Songs, for, uh, chapter six, verse three, where the beloved is God and I is the Jewish people. In Aramaic, vernacular of the Jewish people at the time of the month, names were adopted. The word Elul means search, which is appropriate because this is a time of year when we are to search our hearts. According to tradition, the month of Elul is a time that Moses spent on the Mount Sinai preparing the second set of tablets after the incident of the golden calf. He ascended on Rosh Kodesh Elul and descended on the 10th of Tishrei at the end of Yom Kippur when repentance was complete. Other sources say that Elul is the beginning of a period of 40 days that Moses prayed for God to forgive the people after the golden calf incident, after which the commandment to prepare the second set of tablets was given. Elul is also a time to begin the process of asking forgiveness for wrongs done to other people and forgive others for doing wrong to us. In Matthew chapter 6, 14, it states this, for if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your transgressions. Asking for and giving forgiveness, it's not an easy thing. If you've never done it, it's tough. This process of seeking forgiveness continues through the days of awe. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, is a Hebrew prayer for forgiveness. The prayer asks God to forgive, pardon, and grant atonement to the person praying. It also asks God to cleanse the person of their guilt, bring them back to him in perfect repentance. The prayer is often recited during the high holy days, especially on Yom Kippur. You should know there is quite a quantity of liturgical prayer for pretty much everything. But I recommend studying Hebrew first because, as you could see here, in this Koran Saxador, there's a lot of prayer in here. There's a lot of prayer. But if you get this, Sidor, you gotta know some Hebrew because there's no transliteration in here. Yes, there is English, but it's Hebrew and English. I also wanted to share that there have been many times when someone would come to me and ask me if they could pray for me. And I'd always would accept prayer. But it's funny how God works because it always comes when I need it. 
There have also been times when the Lord had put it on my heart to pray for someone. And I go up to them and I ask them, can I pray for you? Yes. I've never been refused, so that's good. Can I lay my hand on you? Yes. And I pray for them with all my heart. These are words that come from inside here, not here, inside here. And again, they're usually, I don't think it's ever been a case, exactly what they needed at that time. Prayer is a very powerful thing. Very powerful thing. And it moves me right now just talking about it. So I asked at the beginning of this sermon, how do we pray? Do we pray alone? We pray with others? Pray in the house of the Lord, the synagogue here, another house of worship perhaps? How about a prayer closet? To yourself, out loud, standing, kneeling, davening, prostrate on your face. In Hebrew, Espanol, in Portuguese. Or perhaps you have a personal prayer language. Chanting liturgy or singing praises to the Lord, to music, I love especially. All of these are acceptable ways of prayer. Just keep praying and expanding your prayer life. Keep talking to Yeshua HaMashiach, and he will draw you near. It is such an important part of your walk with the Lord and your faith. Let's pray. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, thank you for hearing our prayers, for healing, for hope, for fulfillment, for guidance, for shalom. We know that even, even if we have nobody to talk to, we can always talk to you. You're always there. And if there is someone out there that is like I was just a few years ago, doesn't know how to pray, maybe even a Jewish person that doesn't know their true Messiah, Yeshua, yet. Pray this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. In Yeshua's name I pray, amen.